This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so excited, you guys, for this one. This one, I have a feeling, is going to be so much fun. I'm sitting here with Dr. Shannon Deere and Kristen Dickerson, who are going to talk to us about sex today, you guys. We are going to have a conversation about three ways to create positive conversations with our kids about sex. Welcome, girls. Thank you for having us. We're, We're so, so excited, excited to be here. Yes. So um, Shannon and Kristen are sisters, and um, I, I just want to pass the mic over to you and have you guys introduce yourself and just tell us how the heck did you get into this space? Because it's so funny as I was like, just even saying the title of the show, I'm like still embarrassed to say the word sex and I'm 43 years old. So what the heck? And, and I know this is such an important topic to talk about with our kids and normalize and educate them and teach them important life lessons. Um, and it's, I just seriously am so excited. And you girls are so much fun. I know you're going to make us all giggle and laugh and keep this thing light. Um, but how the heck did you get here? What is a little bit of your backstory? Um, if you guys could each just take a moment to tell us about that, we would love to hear. Well, first, our goal for today is going to be to get you to say sex about 40 times. <laughs> so that's our first goal. We might throw in penis and vagina a few times as well. So nice. we apologize in advance, but we've gotten very comfortable with this conversation. Um, I'll let Kristen kick it off because the short answer to your question of how do we get in this is that my sister is insane and um, <laughs> had this crazy idea. But you want to kick it off as to why? Yeah. So um, I spent almost a decade as a ch parent and childbirth educator. Uh, most of that time was spent at Texas Children's Hospital. And, you know, I, this kind of progressed over the 10 years where my boys, my older boys would just walk in the room and I'd be previewing a, a birth story of someone's and, you know, it was just all up there on the screen and they kind of walk in and go, all right, normal in our family, you know, just to see a vaginal birth happening on the big screen. And so I, I really <clears throat> got into this because we could talk about birth. And so it naturally just, you know, changed and morphed into um, being able to talk about sex. And so uh, what actually happened was a friend of mine, we were dropping our kids off at camp and a few of us were standing outside and chatting afterwards. We were nervous about dropping them off for the first time. And one friend said, um, guys, I talked to my son about sex last night. And I said, well, how'd it go? And she said, I told him that the man squirts something into the woman. And before I could get another word out, he walked away with his hand over his face, embarrassed. And I said, you know what? I'm a grown woman and I'm embarrassed right now, you yes. know, based on the way that you did that. And another friend said, well, see, that's why I don't talk about sex at all, because I'm too afraid I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to do something bad and I'm going to do more harm than good. And I said, well, that's really not the answer either. And they go, well, you're a, a parent educator. You should start a course on this. And I was like, yeah, I really should. Yes. And so long story short, I walked around. I, I physically felt like I had this light bulb hanging over my head with this idea, but didn't know how to do it well. Um, and actually Ali Kasaza, a mutual friend of ours, um, yeah released a podcast about talking to your kids about sex, which is a little bit outside of her wheelhouse. And right. I went, she did that really well. She did that really well without offending anybody and without pushing her values on anyone. We can do this. 
And so I called my sister and I said, you probably won't want to do this. It's a little bit crazy, but come and do this with me. You're brilliant. All of my weaknesses, she fills in with her strengths, 100%. And so I'll turn it over to her and she can tell you her side of the, of the equation. Yeah. And vice versa. We definitely complement each other. Well, it's been really fun, but I really was excited about the idea of joining on this project because we grew, we grew up in church Mm -hmm. and we got a large dose of the true love weights movement, which is an abstinence only sex education movement. And I should probably take the sex education out of that. It was just yes. an abstinence-only right, movement right. because <laughs> there was no education attached to it. It was just don't do it. And one of the first studies that I conducted in my PhD was a study about the impact on people our age now who went through true love weights and what were their experiences now. And the results were devastating. Wow. Hearing people talk about the shame and guilt that they had from really one message, which was don't do it. And there were others attached in there, like your virginity, which we really don't even use that word anymore. Your virginity is a gift you give your husband. Or um, my our own mom said, your dad wouldn't have married me if I wasn't a virgin. And <laughs> those messages, while well-intentioned, were so painful to us at, at later points in our lives and so painful to the participants that I interviewed that I knew I had to do something. It, something was, I couldn't just leave that information there, that knowledge there and not do something about it. I also, my research is in the area of women who have experienced sexual exploitation and how they recover and transition after that. And wow. I just... I'm always struck by how much, if as a society we did better about talking to kids about sex, how much pain and shame and confusion that we could really prevent if we were just better about talking to kids about sex even, and as a society talking about sex too. Wow. So I said yes. Oh my gosh, that's so incredible. Okay, so now you guys have created this course, and the course is called Not your not the talk not the talk (laughs) I love it and I've actually started it you girls have been so generous to share that with me because now with Stella at um she's 12 and a half and my little guy's nine I mean it is like we've had it's I'm sure I'm your typical client like where I think I've talked about it but it's been weird and like we have very very strong relationships here in this house so even like a few weeks ago they were like asking me some questions and I was like oh my god this is awkward but we were giggling about it and I really didn't know like am I confident in my approach? Am I not? And as I started your course, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. It's going to give me the confidence just to be very clear about my choices and what I can do to just stand in that confident place, which I think is so important um, for parents. So you have the course and then, um, and and you, you do these talks, right? And you just have the mission to, to educate parents so they can feel really confident, right? And, and and the idea is, I mean, you're going to take this and run with it and be a pro like the moment you finish the course. Um, and the idea is that what traditionally was, that's kind of why we went with the name Not the Talk, because what was the talk, right, that we think of that sweaty palm, awkward one time conversation where you set your kid aside and you do it, you know, all in one fell swoop and then you never talk about it again, right, that we're totally obliterating that idea that we have in our culture of what the talk looks like. And now it's not the talk. And we have um, a colleague, Leanne Gardner, she's a therapist, and she says, it's not about the talk. It's about 300 one minute conversations with your kids. And so you're always, you know, just like um, you talk about, here's why we eat healthy food, green beans are good for your body. That's not something that you really give a whole lot of thought to you just see it. And so it becomes like second nature like that where you say, Oh, you know, you drop this little factoid for them and they go, okay, because that's just how it's always been done. Right. You're it's, it's not this, um, you know, big looming cloud that we've always seen it as it's really easy to do. And we've done it. And now we have clients who have moved through the course and have done it as well. So I love that. 
but yeah, so with, with Fresh Start Family Work, it's, um, you know, we, we teach parents that, yes, it's important to have strong rules and boundaries and, you know, m- you know teach your kids about your faith and moral compass stuff and, and what you want and what you don't want, right? What you recommend, what you don't recommend. But it's so important that you teach them the why and the how. Like, instead of just stop it, well, how do you actually stop it, kiddo, when you're like tempted to smack your sister when she takes your toy or stand, you know, gets in front of you for the line at ice cream? Like, instead of just don't do it, like, well, how do you actually do that? Which I know we're going to talk about on today's show, but I just want to encourage listeners, I think no matter how old your kids are, like, make sure you listen to this podcast in entirety because, yes, we're going to giggle, we're going to laugh, um, and, like, this is a really important subject, in my opinion. <laughs> like, really, really important. It's it's just like parenting education in my mind. Like, you, ha- you have to have this. Like, this is not an optional this is, you You need to, like the future generations need us to be better in this area. And I know just looking back on my past and like, you know, so many of my friends um, really, really had hardship in their lives as later in high school um, through like, you know, stuff, <laughs> um, you know, sex and, un, you know, like pregnancies that just was not like literally changed the future trajectory of their lives. And it's a big deal and it's really important. And I'm, I'm really just grateful that you girls have taken a risk and, and built this course and gone out on a limb and, and are doing this work because I just want you to know that you're appreciated and admired and it's really, really important. So thank you. Well, it, it's definitely a calling. I mean, that that yeah. is so clear. When I went into childbirth education, I was like, okay, God is calling me here, but I feel I sense something bigger. And I thought it was... <laughs> At the time, I thought he's going to pull me out of the United States and bring me to Haiti, and I'm going to teach women. You know, I'm teaching, right. I'm teaching breastfeeding classes and in infant care. I'll go where there isn't clean drinking water, and we'll do. And he's like, "Nope, haha. You know, you're going to start a a course on how to teach parents how to talk to their kids about sex." And it was a little bit like a record stop. Right. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm like, I'm going to do what? Because that is crazy. There's a reason that nobody's taking this on because. It's so it's so taboo in our culture. It's so untouchable. And like you said, you know, parents pay for baseball lessons and tutors. And we know that, you know, teaching our kid discipline is important. And we know these things. But we just managed to put this conversation in the back of our minds. So we say this is really important. Yeah, we need to talk to our kids. They're too young right now. Oh, now they're too old. And I miss my window. It's just something. And you kind of think, well, Nobody does this well in our in our culture, so it's fine. It's what's expected, and I turned out all right, so yep. it's okay to just glaze over it when it's just not, you know? Yes, and the definition of fine and all right is is super, it's gnarly, you know? It's like, it's, it's really, really hard, you know? Like, just thinking of... Um, Two, two people I knew in high school, um, one was already having an abortion at 17 and another, um, her first child was at 16 and, um, it just was changed. It changed everything. And I'm, and I know, I know that they didn't have, you know, they didn't have that really strong connection when it came to this conversation. Um, so, oh, I love it girls. Yeah. I I think I want to talk to those especially moms, it's parents too. So, uh, many men have a lot of pain around this area too. So I don't want to exclude them, but the example that, that you said of the, the two women, you know, I I think it's really important for us to just say to them that we know you've experienced a lot of pain related to this. Yeah. And one of the things that we say in the course is that it is so important to be intentional about our values, to to have these conversations about what do we believe, what do we think, because there are some values that we all inherited that we just need to leave at the door. We do not need to take into this conversation with our kids. And if yes. we're not conscious about that, it's very easy to take that pain in. We, we talked to one of our, our clients who experienced some really intense sexual assault and she is doing an amazing job talking to her kids about sex because she has this great sense of urgency. She also has this sense of pain that has come with her experiences, but because she's gone through counseling, because she's really working on it, she's able to say, despite that, 
this is so important to me that I'm, I'm, I have, like you said, I don't have a choice. I have to have this conversation with my kids. So I want to just say to the parents out there listening who have had pain around this area that one, we hear you, we know you are, you are not alone. Even if you've never talked to someone about this, I, there's not one person we've talked to who doesn't have some amount of pain or shame around this topic. And you can still have these conversations well with your kids. I, I, I loved what you said that uh, fine is relative. You know, fine is, is what is fine, you know? Right. And, and obviously there's major pain and baggage that comes with having an abortion or having a child at a young age. But there are so many women that relate to us that, that say, well, you know, I waited to have sex until I was married. And yet there was so much damage done by... You know, Shannon mentioned the true love waits culture. It was it was truly, um, you know, say this pledge, sign a card, Mm, um, promise that you're never going to have sex and wear this ring. Right. And so and then even like in um, high schools, you know, sex education, especially in abstinence only states, you know, it's it's like just don't do it. It's bad or you're going to get an STI or you're going to get somebody pregnant and you'll your future will be changed forever as you know it. And so it's like this switch of sex is bad, sex is bad to, okay, I'm married. And so now today sex is good. How do you, how do you reconcile that when for years you've been told sex is this and it's dangerous and it's bad. It's, you know, it's not this beautiful thing created by God. And, um, purity is like so twisted from what it actually talks about in the Bible as being purity. Um, you know, purity meant your virginity. That's what it meant from sexual intercourse <laughs> is right. how purity was defined before. And so which is these, not how the Bible defines that's it. That's what Just I'm saying. It's clear. so twisted yeah. from right. the way that the Bible defines it. Oh, and so I love this. and so women, you know, find themselves the day after they get married and, and they're like, what now? You know, how do I? And so we've we've spoken to so many women who have just absolutely beautiful lives and normal lives and children and families. And they're, they're like, I spent years in therapy trying to reconcile this. And by mm. that true love weights definition, they're the ones who did it quote unquote, right. Right. You know, yes. they're the ones who followed it to the T and they kept their ring on and they kept that promise. And they, you know, maybe only kiss their spouse on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but I did this right. What's wrong? You know, what's wrong? And and the answer is there is no education. There's no, you know, the the talk around sex is so negative, but we're not talking about the great pieces, the connective pieces, the love, the relationship, you yeah. know, it's just scare tactics because we just don't know what else to do. We It's our default because we're like, well, this is how I learned it. So this is how I'll teach it too. Um, I feel and like I went all over the place there, but it's well, so two, good. Two things real quick too. You talked about age and, and you said parents listen no matter what age your kids are. And we completely agree with that because these conversations really can happen at birth. And they do happen at birth. When we talk about sex, we're not just talking about sexual intercourse. We're talking about everything related to that. Proper body part terminology, which can help prevent, um, can help protect children from sexual abuse. It can help nice. give them confidence about their bodies. So proper body part terminology happens the day you have that baby and you can use it when you're changing diapers, positive body image, puberty, certainly childbirth and sexual intercourse, but even masturbation, orgasms. I mean, like we go, there's, there's no stone unturned. Like we cover everything. I had a friend text me the other day um, with a, with an erection question. She goes, well, you have a bunch of boys. And I said, Here's my short answer, but P.S. You know, I just built an entire course on this. And she goes, "Oh, I didn't know you talk about erections." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not just we're not there's you're missing so much if you think that like teaching your kids intercourse one time is what they need to know. Obviously, there's so much to talk about and so much to to uncover and. The great thing is we figured out how to do that bit by bit and you take a little bit. It's not like you have to sit down today and say, darling, do you know what an orgasm is and why that happened? You know, I mean, that you don't have to start there. You know, you're building on it and you're having these 
casual, relaxed, one minute conversations. And like you said, you're confident now because you know exactly what to say. Um, we, we literally have scripts written for parents and you and Terry inspired us to do the role play. So we created them a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about some of those role plays that y'all did and they, they stick, they have stuck with me to the point where I'll never forget them. Um, Especially when Terry plays a child (laughs) or a woman, which he, you know, deserves an Oscar, but so well. (laughs) Isn't he so funny? I always tell the women who are like, I don't know. My husband's not on board. I don't know if he'll do the foundations course. I'm like, tell them there's a man in the course and that he is hilarious and that he will make your husband laugh. And trust me, it'll be fun. And and I I went through your course one time and then I had my husband go back through with me and watch everything for that exact reason, because there's a man there that he can relate to. And so because of y'all's role plays, we created animated videos where the parents are having conversation and they're like, two and three minutes long, but they're big conversations. Yeah. And so a good idea. And when parents come back to us, they tell us in that video, I saw how it could be done. And I learned something from that. And now I know I can go forward and do it without it being that, you know, nerve wracking, heart racing talk. Let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. We had a mom that talked to us this week and she said she had just had a really amazing conversation with her, I think, nine-year-old daughter about, because one of the animated videos is teaching girls about what boys experience with erection. So it was a mom talking to a daughter nice. and she said, I just went and had that conversation and we, we laughed. We had compassion for boys because you know, <laughs> the daughter was thinking, oh, I'm a girl and I have a period and it's so unfair. And then once she figured out what boys experienced, she thought, well, this maybe isn't even that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like every single morning, right? Like, don't they wake up with that every morning? That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. Okay, I know we have to get into, like, our three points on our subject matter, but I just I love all of this. I love that you really, um, you know, touched on those who have pain and, and trauma in their past. It's so important that if that's you and you're listening, that you do know that you are safe in this space and that we see you, we admire you, and 
it's so beautiful to know that um, that you can be the one, right, to to change things moving forward. And that can be scary and that can be um, daunting. And I want you to know if that's you and you're listening right now that I see you and that's where courage and bravery is born, right? To do things differently for the next generation, even though if that takes some work, right? Like that's that might take <laughs> making sure you go ahead and book that therapy appointment or you get registered for that life coaching weekend that I, you know, I'm a big advocate for because of the work I do, or you get yourself into the parenting course, like it might take some work, but um, I see your courage and bravery and it, and it's a big, big deal. And one more thing I wanted to touch on that before we get into our subject matter um, is that I love this idea of, you know, it's like, and I'm sure you guys talk to this in the course is like, there's all different, everyone has these different experiences coming into this, right? Like whether you were part of the purity movement and you did wait or whether you just were kind of in the middle and didn't wait, but you like Terry and I, just to be really clear about it, like we, I feel really, I had an older brother who would beat anybody up who even looked at me. So like I never had parents that talked to me about anything, but like I was almost protected by this, he was a school bully he literally like my our best friend that was visiting just now i was in love with him in high school and they my brother found out he was 5 years older and he literally had jordan knocked out knocked out oh. by his buddy that was 200 pounds on steroids as a senior in high school and i wasn't allowed to date anybody it was awful back then but now i look back and i'm like well i guess it was good because terry was my one and only partner and the true love of my life and it's just like I feel very lucky but I was not part of that movement to wait till marriage right and so there's like you know always thought thoughts in my head about that and then I have of course the friends that I shared in high school that had you know a much different route that was involved a lot of pain and trauma um, but I think any, no matter where you stand, no matter how you, what is in your past as you bring into the conversation about moving forward, this idea that our kids are their own human beings. We can educate them, we can prepare them, we can have these talks, and there are going to be situations where kids either make a mistake or don't, you know, don't follow through like they necessarily wanted to and it's so important that we're prepared for that too that we don't you know we we bring in what we teach here at fresh start family where we don't just what's wrong with you like now shame blame all this stuff and more like okay well let's talk about it now let's thank you for bringing it to the have relationships with our kids where they can actually talk to us and say mom i wanted to wait and like i just I did it, you know, like, and now you get to talk about it. Now you get to fill that relationship with, with, you know, let's, let's figure it out together. But, and then we're going to talk today about temptation and how you teach your kids about self-control. So there's just so many like elements to this conversation and I just love it so much. So, okay, you guys, let's get going with our point number one that you're going to talk to us about today. And that is having an intention to connect, strengthening the parent-child bond is super important. And then we're going to also talk about how we can take a break from shame and scare tactics. And then number three, um, how we can really teach about self-control. And you guys are going to kind of sprinkle in converse, you know, points about the mistakes us well-meaning parents make as we're doing this, which I think is super important for us to hear too. But talk to us about this connection piece. This is so important here at Fresh Start Family. We really teach about how relationship plus rules equals respect. At the end of the day, no matter what strategy you are using when it comes to parenting, your relationship is at the key of whether you have success in your parenting walk and joy and peace as a parent. So the good news here is that if you can talk to your kids about sex, you can talk to them about anything. So once you've conquered that mountain, everything else is downhill from there. And you're like, oh, well, this is easy because I already did this really well. And so I know I can have these other conversations that were traditionally difficult or taboo. Um, and we're not letting you off the hook with just talking about sex, by the way. So yes. again, it's yes. all of those things. It's puberty, it's masturbation, it's childhood sexual play, it's wet dreams, which I know you had a funny experience about this week. Yes, I did. Nice. So I went back and forth on whether to share this because I thought, you know, you always are toting that line of how much am I going to share about my kids? But I think this one is fairly innocent. But um, my three boys have decided to share a room and they um, right now at the time of this recording, they're 10, 8 and 6. And so they would not have it any other way. But I walked Aww. up there a few nights ago to go read with them and I 
got hit with a whiff of something and I thought, okay, what is going on here? What's that smell? Well, Shannon and I had um, spoken to a dad who said that his kid had had a wet dream and instead of telling his parents or going down and washing his sheets, he just balled them up and stuck them in a closet Yeah, because he was embarrassed and he didn't know what to do. And he really probably didn't even know what it was. He thought, should I pee my bed a little bit? I'm 12 years old. Did I wet the bed or what's going on here? And so he balled them up and shoved them into the closet. Well, of course, weeks later that started to smell. And so my brain, because of what we're doing, (laughs) always defaults to something related to talking to my kids about, you know, sex or sexuality or their bodies or whatever. (laughs) And so I thought, could that be what, the smell is and so it ended up that a squirrel had died in our attic <laughs> oh my gosh so we which out, is not what wet dreams smell like yeah that, right? <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering i'm not saying it was logical but um you know anyways we live out in the country and so there's always like there are always critters, critters everywhere yeah. and so but my brain went there and so i thought well this would actually be a good time to have that conversation before they've had that experience. But so, you know, my oldest is getting to that age. Right. And so I thought, why not go ahead and talk about it now? And even having done this as many times as we have, when you're taking on a new topic, of course you have a little bit of anxiety and you think, what if they react and go, Ew, mom, why are you talking about that? Or, you know, it doesn't go as planned. And so I really, I, I, they were all sitting on their beds and I just said, you know, and I, I, again, you know, you're not starting at this conversation. So we're building on, they already know the term erection and what that is and what that means. And um, so we've already had that conversation. And so I transition in and I say, we've talked about what an erection is. Did you know that when a boy or a man is, you know, maybe has a dream about kissing a woman or having sex with someone um, that they can actually ejaculate? We've talked about that with sex. And so I want you to know if you ever wake up and your sheets are wet and you don't know why that that could be the reason. And they, I looked at all their faces, especially my oldest, because I thought he was the one who was most likely to react. And they were very thoughtful and quiet for a minute. And they were like, okay, yeah. And that was it, you know? That's so awesome. And it was proof for me again, man, we're doing this the easy way you know we're able to do this it, it did not last more than one minute yeah and yet now I hope if they have that experience they go oh yeah we've talked about this not once but multiple times we've talked about this over the last couple of years I know what this is and it's okay I'm not you know and of course we talked about it's not anything to be embarrassed about it's not anything to be shameful yeah. almost all boys experiences at some point it's completely fine and it's normal and then they go okay so, and I said, if you have that experience, pull your sheets off, throw them in the wash machine. Y'all know how to wash sheets. You can yeah. do this. It's so beautiful because just right there, that is literally saving your boys from a level of carrying a level of shame around with them. And we all know, you know, I know you guys know, I know, I know, thanks to Dr. Brene Brown, like her amazing work that now is so mainstream. Like if you've ever read any of her books or watched any of her incredible or listened to any of her audible stuff, like it's just so clear now that shame is detrimental in people's lives. And that little story is one example of one little rock of shame that gets put in a kid's backpack for no freaking reason. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't have even thought to think about my, to talk about my son about that, right? And like, Terry wouldn't have because it's like, you just don't do it. And now, like, and to think that like, he might have put some sheets in the, and carried around the shame of like, oh my gosh, I'm this weird kid who peed in my bed and I don't even know why and an embarrassment. Like, that is like, that's a level of shame that I don't want. It's just not necessary. And it's beautiful to hear that. That's a preventative strategy that um, that just teaches your 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 kids about normal bodily behavior. That's beautiful. You just gave me goosebumps. You gave me goosebumps. <laughs> well, you Seriously. gave me goosebumps as you were telling the story because it's just and it's a connection way like that you can actually be together with your kids and be like, hey, in this house we're vulnerable together and. This is where, like, there's no, there's not, like you said, there's nothing we can't talk about. And that makes us strong and connected. And I could, I could just feel the bond between you guys so strengthened in that moment. Um, it just really, like, is a, this gave me, like, an emotion of joy because it's inspiring. And, and it's something so easy that we all can do. Yeah, you don't is. even have to, yeah. 
It's good. If I start, if I started with, hey, you should talk to your kids about wet dreams. Every, at least American, would go, what? No, right. no, that sounds terrible and scary, and it just doesn't have to be. And the really cool thing is that our kids don't have any preconceived ideas of this. They don't know that it's supposed to be weird or awkward or you know, something that you don't talk about. That's something that we've been conditioned over time by our culture to think it just has to be that way. And it doesn't. Well, and we think that intentionality is so important because these conversations really do build a tighter parent child bond. And there's a beautiful study by uh, Pariera and Brody in 2017 that says open, honest and respectful conversations where parents are teaching their kids about sex actually enhances the parent-child relationship. And we love that that's really what you're trying to do with positive parenting. And there's so much overlap here with these conversations can be so positive and they can happen at starting at age zero and you can build up. We always say it's never too early, but it's never too late. So you just start at the beginning with a 12-year-old and build up to where you think they need to be based on their readiness. Um, but it really is an opportunity to create that tighter relationship and to be their person for them to go to with all of these conversations when they are confused. I know I, when I was in sixth grade, I didn't know what the word masturbation meant. I knew that it was bad because I had heard people at school talking about Mm -hmm. it, but no one told us. And our relationship with our parents, we are very, very close and we can joke about pretty much anything. But I was definitely not going to go ask them what the word masturbation meant. First of all, I didn't even know what it meant. So I was, I was not, I wasn't sure what I was even walking into and asking them, but I definitely wasn't going to ask them about that because as open as our relationship was and as close as it still is, we would now talk to them about, about that, but we, because we would force them to talk about it, not because they want to. Um, but they were, they would, they didn't talk to us about those things. That was just an area that was off limits. And it created a break in our relationship on an issue that was really, really important. I remember in high school, I had um, messed around with a guy, which was something I did. Um, And my mom had found out and she thought I had had sex with him and I did not. And she then she and my dad sat me down in my room and confronted me about having had sex with this boy. And I was like, I didn't have sex with him. And they didn't believe me. And I kept saying, I didn't have sex with him. I didn't have sex with him. So finally, I copped to a lesser charge and I told them what I had done and my mom started crying Mm. and she said, "Uh, do you love him? And I was like, do I love, I'm not even sure I like, like, you know, I don't love him. I was like, and, and, you know, she had always said like in passing, she would always say, you can come to me if you want to get on birth control. You can come to me if you want to talk about sex, but we didn't talk about it. Right. And then that reaction was like, oh, this conversation is off limits. I can't, and what you said before, I can't come to you and say I made a mistake or I can't come to you about this. I can't come to you and say, I did something I don't feel comfortable with or I'm not sure how to feel about this or how to respond about it. Those conversations were off limits and I was extremely underprepared at at that point because I knew that we weren't going to be able to talk about this. And I think about that gap in our relationship and how much closer it could have been and how important it was. And luckily we've started this course and been able to really openly talk about some of those things with our parents. But you know, it's hard when kids don't have that support in this area and when they're oftentimes getting it from their friends or And now freaking Google. Exactly. Literally, like, I was thinking, I was in thinking in my head as you were talking, I'm like, well, and that was probably before, you guys are so young, so you probably had Google, but in my mind, I was like, well, that was before Google, because I'm, like, old, and when I was a kid, like, you couldn't just look that up, and then my mind, like, panicked, I'm all, oh my gosh, that's Google, that's, like, what kids are doing if they hear that term, and they don't have a, com- they don't have a relationship with their parents to be able to talk about it, they yeah. freaking Google masturbation, and it's like, no! Don't Google right. that. Don't Google that. Well, and I, yeah, luckily we didn't have Google, but that also meant I didn't really get an answer. So I actually looked it up in the concordance of the Bible because I knew it was bad. So <laughs> right. I thought, surely the Bible has this topic covered. It doesn't. Um, right. And so I, I looked up masturbation in the Bible, not there. And then I looked at, I tried to look it up in a dictionary, but I didn't want to get caught um, oh, so because I, yeah. I was at school. And so it was like the big dictionary in the library. So I'm like flipping through like subtly. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to be on the page with the word on it just in right. case because I don't even know what it means. But I ran out of time. So I never uh, got to find out. But luckily, my best friend 
asked her mom and then oh so nice like, check the box but not the best way to find out it would have been better. i'm just sitting here wishing all my kids had access to was a giant dictionary yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be lovely the good old days before the google i mean seriously like that in itself you guys if that is not enough uh like um motivation to go through this course and handle this like today don't put this off because that is a real thing like I mean, I just, I dream, like, I, can you imagine, all of us who didn't have this when we were young, can you imagine, like, having a relationship with your parent where you could talk to them about all of this openly and honestly and having, like, a role model, a true role model, which is what we really encourage parents to be to their kids. So when, when our parents that go through our programs, when they take away the, like, fear and force element, the intimidation and the controlling and the overpowering, like, we always say, do you want to teach your kid to control do you want to control your child or teach your child how to control themselves? But when you take out those elements, you're faced with like, you really just have to have it be based on relationship and your influence becomes about you modeling and you being someone they truly look up to and to respect and they want to be just like you when they grow up versus they're doing stuff because they're scared that they're going to get in trouble. Like, wouldn't that be what you all want? Like, w just when you're thinking about when you were a kid, like this, this story that you're telling, like you had a friend who was able to go to her mom and ask her, right? Like, that is the dream. And even though it is awkward, it reminds me of like the racial injustice conversations that hopefully we're yeah. all starting to have and realize that it's not a choice and it's going to be awkward at first. And that's okay. Like, you might do it. You might feel like you do it wrong. Like, I'm sure there's stuff in this episode, like, even as I'm speaking, like, it feels like it's wrong or like it's not perfectly right. But do it anyways. Like, do it anyways, because it's every step that you take forward to create that relationship, get rid of a little bit of the awkwardness, create a safe place, um, have your kids know that they can trust you and that you are someone that they truly look up to and respect, not because they're scared of you or scared of the punishment or scared of the judgment or the condemnation, but because they really just know that you're going to have their back and that, oh, I love it. So well, there's, there's two principles you all use in, in your materials. One is modeling, which I love as an educator. That's the most brilliant education yeah. strategy ever. And it's super easy. Just show do the behavior you want them to do, but also show how you're thinking about it. And when you model those open, honest conversations, your kids will mirror that back to you. But if you're not stepping forward and modeling that open, honest conversation about sex, you can't expect them to then all of a sudden bring, be open and honest with you. And so really modeling that behavior. And the other one is the redo. Uh, and yeah. I love that of, you know, even my mom in that situation, she messed that situation up. We love her. She messed right, that situation right. up. But had she come back to me that night or the next day, because my yeah. mom brought her, I have a lot of sympathy for my mom in that situation too, because she had, she had been brought up a certain way that you don't yeah. do those things. And I was doing them. And she, she was like, she was feeling pain about that. But had she come to me that night or the next day and said, Hey, I did not react well. Let's have a conversation that would have also still opened up those yeah. open, honest conversations and to take that redo. Because like you said, you, you don't feel like you're doing it exactly right, which you're doing a great job. But parents will sometimes mess these conversations up. I had We had a client who um, the husband had talked to the kids about sex and the daughter had cried and then kind of said, hey, mom, now fix it. And, right. you know, it's... This was pre-core. This was pre-core. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they just came tried to, to Sorry. take a stab at it. Yeah. He was like, I'm yeah. just going to do this yeah. today. <laughs> and, and she was like, now what do I do? And so we were like, take the course. Right. It's, it's not a problem. And you can always go back and fix that. It's not over at that point. They're not ruined at that point. It's okay to redo and say, we didn't do a great job of that. Let's try this again. And we're going to build up to this conversation. Because usually in that case, the, the crying the mistake there was just starting at the end, <laughs> starting yeah. with sex instead of building up to it. But, you know, and, and they were able to fix that. And it's okay to redo on these conversations too. Yep, absolutely. It's like, I always say, it's like leaving a new imprint in their brain and your brain. And especially for their developing brain, 
you it's not too late right and 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 what dr shannon is talking about here is like this you know redo is one component in a compassionate discipline toolkit and it's called a logical consequence and you can use it with yourself or you can use it with your kids so if they do something that you deem as a mistake um they have a chance to redo it and that in itself is a beautiful way to discipline because it leaves a new imprint and it actually empowers them with well how do you change that how do you do it in a different way and as parents the way we teach that is we model it (laughs) so if you do something that you're like "Mm, whoops that was a mistake I kind of freaked out or I shed judgment or you know freaked out to the point where you didn't feel safe coming to me let me redo that that's a great way of modeling it and then when you go to implement with that with your kids when the kiddo smacks his sister or (laughs) like it's easier to say like this we're just going to do a redo that's what we do in this family Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. So our point number two is take a break from shame and scare tactics that just know parents that you do have other options. So talk to us about that. Um, but the redo is a perfect example of how you take a break from that. And I it might not necessarily, well, tell me, yeah, tell me what your take on that is. Sure. So we've also heard you say a lot of times connection over correction. And this is a great opportunity to create that connection and, and also to help your children navigate their choices around this area, which we'll talk about when we get to the last point of self-control. But there, like you said, there are ways to not use the scare tactics and shame because that really does push kids away from this conversation. Once you go there, they're like, I don't want that talk again. I don't want scare tactics and shame. It's really hard to say that. I I really (laughs) want to know how to do this well. I really want to know what healthy relationships look like. I really want to know what what does it mean when you fall in love? I want to know those things. I don't want to know about STIs and pregnancy again. So it puts again, going back to that first point of intentional conversations that create a tighter bond, using scare tactics and shame, unfortunately, really pushes that parent-child relationship away in this area. Yes, and it doesn't empower them. Like, we want them to know what to do. Again, it comes back to what we, we talked about at the beginning of this is instead of just don't, actually how to, 
like I, there was a I had phrased it well in like I think one of my bonfire <laughs> lessons it was like instead of stop it don't it was like ask for what you want and here's how like I, I, that probably wasn't exactly how I phrased it but I remember creating that lesson that month and being like dang that's good <laughs> and it was like I know it was like not it was take a break from the stop it don't or else which is like a lot of times it's the classic if then so if you do this then this is going to happen to you and instead like Hey, here's what here's what I I'm asked for what I want, and then here I'm gonna teach you how, and right. it creates this this um, you know safety environment. Um, but yeah, like like we talked about earlier, the shame if it was if it was beneficial, right? We'd be having a conversation, a different conversation. But it's like I mean, your work has probably shown it too, right? The shame is not beneficial. It do, it does not motivate our children to actually make so so to speak. Let's not even call it the right decision, but make an empowered confident decision based on their values and their morals right and and if they're not perfect so to speak in air quotes it does not allow them to recover from that that's something that we really 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 empower parents with is their parenting in any like any family there is no perfection i don't care how much fear and force you have or how permissive you are in the middle or whatever Whatever strategy you're following, there is no perfection. And when you study positive parenting and, and have conversations like what you're talking about, there is an ability to repair. And the repair and the ability to make amends and the ability to make different decisions tomorrow is super strong in the families that practice this type of like involvement with their kids. And f- coming from someone who didn't grow up in a positive parenting family, there was no ability to make amends. Like, you made a mistake that's done. You're going to carry shame with it. We're never going to talk about it again. If we have a fight, like we are going to blow up level nine anger, shame, condemnation, blame, and then we're never going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's different now. You can do it differently. And there's no parent that says, I, I, so all, all parents are like, we want to do this well. We want to do this differently than our parents did it. We want to do this really well. But so there's not a single parent that would say, yes, my approach for teaching my kids about sex is to bring shame upon them and just keep right. that upon their heads until they submit to what I want them to do or not do so they don't bring embarrassment upon our family. Nobody says that out loud. We were talking about this last night. Nobody intends to do that, right? Such a good but point. But we yep. just default to what we know. And so we've heard so many parents with their mouths say, I want to do this better. I want to do this differently. And yet when we really ask them what they're doing, um, you know, I mean, the options with the way that the boomers taught us were don't talk about it at all. Tell them to just not have sex or the best scenario that we found with the interviews we've done with people are that they were handed a book. Mm-hmm. That's like the best scenario was that a parent was like, hey, here or they left it in their room open for their kid to find it, or, you know, whatever. That was the best case scenario. And then we heard you know, in school, we got like one health class and they kind of sandwiched it in between like the scary drunk driving video, right. you know, that was a disaster yeah. and, you know, how to eat properly. And they're like, here you go. Here's your your education. Um, yeah. And that came from a negative standpoint of you'll get STIs and you'll destroy your future and you won't go to college. But, you know, the end. And so what we know and what has been modeled for us is that very negative perspective of sex and the shame and so how do you you know I always say what um like specifically in the church you know we we did the true love weights thing and then for about 20 years there's just been silence on this subject nobody's talking about it Mm, yeah and so when we've asked you know pastors of churches we're like what's the answer how can we do this better they're like well the parents just need to to teach their kids this is on the parents and I'm like but what you're doing is you're telling parents, hey, you need to teach your kid Mandarin. But right. they don't speak that language. How do I teach someone a language that I don't even understand? It's literally not possible. And so we've left parents in this place of stuck where they're like, we want to do this well, but why do I keep defaulting to the way that I know I don't want to do it? Is it yep. better than nothing? You know, and so now and, and then they'll say, well, there's no there's no solution. And we're like, here you go beautifully packaged with a bow on top here's this course that takes you from a to z and when you finish you will have the language you will know how to speak this language and it really the solution really is those open honest conversations and not the scare tactics there are a few uh the research shows a few different 
conversation strategies that parents typically go to. So when when they when researchers interview young adults and ask them how did your parents talk to you about sex, they then can categorize the types of conversations the kids felt like they received from their parents. And scare tactics is one of them. That is a default for a lot of parents. I think it's about 30% of parents use scare tactics. Uh, not talking is another conversation strategy, which does not work. And but the open <laughs> and honest conversation is a very small percentage of the population that is doing that. But that really is the alternative to this shame, scare tactic conversation. And we, we know that parents oftentimes want to just protect their children. They want to put yeah. them in that bubble wrap. We joke that Kristen's oldest should probably be in bubble wrap because he <laughs> runs into a lot of stuff. And my dad says he's rough as a corn cob. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. But we can't put him in a bubble wrap. And that's even if we ask parents about what their objective is related to their kids and sex, we asked them to, we actually gave them a list and we asked them to order the list. And a lot of it was those typical things especially that people say about their daughters right like let's get out the shotgun I don't want her to date right. until she's 30 um I don't want her to ever kiss a boy I don't want her to have sex until she's married and of course some people say that about their sons but oftentimes that's projected on on the daughters and that's and, what was my brother did I'll kill you exactly. if you touch my daughter if, if you touch my sister exactly and so you know it's it's an effort to protect but it really does leave kids very unprepared for what they're going into. And again, it doesn't create that connection where they can come and talk to you when things do go wrong or when they need a little more advice or they're not sure what to do next. And so when the um, scare tactic conversation in particular, we know from the research does not work. It just doesn't change behavior. It doesn't actually protect kids. It doesn't help them to not have sex. The only thing that results in better outcomes related to sex is open, honest, comfortable conversations. And so that means parents need to be comfortable and confident in that conversation in order for it to be effective. And when we talk about better outcomes, it's, it runs the gamut. It's lower STI rates. It's fewer partners. It's um, lower unwanted pregnancy. It's later first intercourse, which typically results in a more positive first intercourse. So regardless of what parents' values are or what their objectives are, and our course is very value neutral. So you get to choose your values. We're not going to tell you what your values need to be. We are going to try to help you think about how to prioritize those or how you want to prioritize those, not how we want you to, but how you want to prioritize those. And when we, when we did, we did a survey with parents and we asked them to rate the objectives that they wanted for their kids. And if we had gone into, this was a a fairly, this was a religious and fairly conservative group. And if we had gone into that and said, what do you want for your kids? They would have said, I want them to wait until they're married to have sex. Yeah. But when we actually had them rate those objectives of what they wanted, that dropped to the bottom really fast because, and not dating, we, we included things like not dating until you're 16, not kissing until you're whatever. And And what rose to the top was, I want to protect my kids against sexual abuse. Mm, I want them, I don't want them to pressure someone else to have sex. I don't want them to be pressured to have sex or, and, and whatever is in between kissing all the way to sex. I don't want them to pressure someone. I don't want them to be pressured. I want them to have positive, healthy sexual relationships later in life. And when you got all the things that we hear talked about in society as some ideal related to sex or some parents ideal anyway, related to sex, those quickly went to the very bottom of that list. And I think that's important for parents to start thinking about what are my values? What do I really want for my child? And how am I going to get there? Because the scare tactics and shame are not going to get you there. I even surprised myself when I, we set up the, um, the survey together and I was, I told her, I said, I'm going to take this really fast and see, you know, what are my true priorities? And the exact same thing happened to me. All the things that I thought were important suddenly dropped to the bottom. And the things that I really wanted for my kids rose to the top. And so that became my focus more than the other things that 
may not matter as much as we thought they did growing up or as much as we were told yes, yep. when we were growing up. Gosh, girls, you are incredible. This is so good. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so our last point, we are running out of time, so we're not going to have time to go into it, but I know you go into this in the course, which is teaching about self-control, which is like what we're all about here at Fresh Start Family. I love this. Teach about self-control. Teach about self-regulation. Teach about what your body will actually feel like when something happens and you are tempted to act on an emotion or a feeling. Or And here's your options. Here's like A, B, C, D, and E that you can do. You can talk to somebody. You can do some self-calming. You can um, do some deep breaths. You can walk away. You can take make a phone call. Like I, I imagine, like you guys, I know that you educate parents on how to teach your kids how to have self-control in Instead of just stop it and do it. Is that right to finish us off? Absolutely. I mean, the, it, it goes back to everything that, that y'all cover in with positive parenting and in Fresh Start that, you know, we want them not to have like the looming parent that's going to, you know, spank them or if torture I catch you, them or if I make catch them you in feel the corner. bad. That's exactly <laughs> right. But we want them to, you know, we realistically know we can't bubble wrap them. Like Shannon said, we can't just lock them in a padded room. And so the goal is to teach them the facts, teach them your values, make sure that they know the values in your home and that everybody's on the same page. And then, you know, have those conversations and talk to them in a way that when they're on their own, you know, we're like, I'm not just going to let, I want to know where my kids are. I want to know who they're with. But the reality is as they get older, they're going to be, you know, with their friends at Starbucks or at the pool or spending the night at their friend's house. And so I want to know that when I send them out into the world that they're going to be able to make those choices and navigate those really hard decisions. And my hope for them is that they're going to make great choices and then they're not going to do anything that they later have to regret. Of course, I want it to be perfect for them. But the reality is that they are going to have to, you know, like the physical part of falling for me was always easy. Okay. My, my kid decided to jump off of that and they got hurt and they learned a lesson that was easy for me. But sending them out on this stuff feels so big. And so I want them to be prepared when I send them out to be able to make those choices when I'm not right there in their ear. And so that's the goal is for them to be able to navigate it on their own, even, you know, when they go to college and later in life, you know, and to, in the end, look back and go, you know, know that they were able to make informed choices. And that when they made a choice they weren't happy with, that it didn't break them, that it didn't, it didn't make them feel that shame and guilt that it was, Oh, I probably pushed the boundary a little bit in a way. I don't feel comfortable. Let me, let me role play. Let me redo. redo. (laughs) Let me navigate that situation and do it differently next time. But it's okay. It's okay that I did it this way. What can I do differently next time? And I know, I mean, without, we would, without it resulting in years of therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and that is something we go into so much more deeper, you know, discussions on in our Bonfire membership program in the foundations course. I know you guys talk about it too. It's like this idea of like, it's okay that you made a mistake and now you get to make a different choice. That right there, we could have a whole discussion on, right? Because I feel like it triggers parents to be like, well, it's not okay. Well, yes, we get you. We get you parents. And you still have to live a human life and living a human life with shame doesn't do anything. So you might as well be able to take responsibility for the mistake that you made or the the left turn you made when you really should have made the right and then make a different decision tomorrow. That's what we are talking about when we say it's okay. It's not like this general like, it's okay, do whatever you want. It's all good. It's like, Yeah, you want to be able to listen to your own moral compass, your own, that small, still voice from God. Like you want, we want our kids to be able to hear that. We want our kids to be able to redirect themselves. Like you said, it goes back to that. Do you want to control your kids or teach your kids to control themselves? And that's what is so beautiful that you guys really, really do in the course. And and that is a, a huge part of the importance of this conversation. So girls, you are such a blessing to the world. I am so inspired by your work. 
I can't wait to promote this course, to be just an advocate for what you are doing. Um, you're both so talented and such a light, and just thank you again. I know it's not easy to create an online course and to promote an online course and to run an online course and, and to really just um, hold space in this area. And so thank you for all that you do. Tell our listeners where they can find you, and um, yeah. you can go to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash not the talk to find out more about how you can get into um, Dr. Shannon and Kristen's course, Not the Talk, um, and then tell us where we can we can um, find you guys. Sure. You can find us on our website at ohmywordconversations.com. All things are there. We're also on Facebook, oh My Word 2020 and on Instagram, oh My Word with two underscores between each word. <laughs> uh, and we would love for you to, to join us there. We try to pr- we try to distribute really useful content constantly so that parents are getting tips along the way. Beautiful. And we'll make sure we'll put everything in the show notes page. As I um, finish this course, parents, I'm going to make sure I update you. I'm going to be um, just including you on on social, on Instagram to tell you more about um, how my experience is. And I cannot wait to finish this and like have these conversations tomorrow with my kids. So once again, girls, thank you for being here. Have thank a wonderful you. day. It was thank our you. honor. Thank you. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 79. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.